T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission was hoping that instead of sitting around all day uh we would have came to a conclusion a little earlier just with that with that forecast just with the fortunate that we do go back to Cincinnati later on in the year um and can make up that game with hopefully better weather so um but as far as safety there in the clubhouse we are all concerned at all times just because the unknown uh there was definitely some you know chatter just going there with a couple of their guys potentially having it um, and being on the, the list. So um, I just know we don't want to be sitting around for a long time, uh, especially when it comes to rain delays. That's Disco Tony Rizzo. Talking yesterday before the game, talking about sitting around, his tweet about eight hours of rain delays and not socially distanced and Major League Baseball didn't Really, Major League Baseball is 113 pages of protocol, and there you, you you have no idea for rain delay, and you you got the Marlins letting a shortstop make a decision when there's an outbreak in the clubhouse. I mean, this is just again, Don Mattingly through contact tracing has tested positive for stupid, and other baseball looks that way. We now have. The Cardinals, an update, Cardinals, three players, three staff members reportedly testing positive, being isolated from the team. Yesterday's game was canceled. Today's game against the Brewers was canceled. Tomorrow's doubleheader, nothing has been said about it, so it was rescheduled on Friday. It has been scheduled for tomorrow. Meanwhile, in Milwaukee, this news coming from Brewers general manager and director of baseball operations, David Stearns. Lorenzo Cain has informed us that he will not participate for the remainder of the 2020 season. We fully support Lorenzo's decision. We will miss his talents on the field and leadership in the clubhouse, period, close quotes. So amid this chaos, amid this pandemic, let's talk about a great U Darvish outing. Let's talk about it with Evan Altman of Real Cubs Insider. He joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Evan, thank you for coming on today. And we're we're trying to balance normal baseball talk because the season has not been canceled officially, and yet update on why it looks like we're heading towards that. But anyways, you Darvish didn't look like the you Darvish from the start before, so. For whatever length of time this baseball season goes, that should be a positive, shouldn't it? 
Yeah, I, I think it has to be. And, and uh, you know, thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, always always good to, to be on to talk baseball here on a, on an otherwise odd weekend. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. I, yeah, to say the least, right? Let's, let, uh, you know, we can pretend for a few yeah. minutes. Uh, but I, I thought it was, was really funny. And uh, certainly Darvish uh, tweeted about it, as he, as he always does. Uh, although the Google translation, it says that he stabbed the runner at first base, but uh, I, I think he just meant he was picking off the the runner, Adam Frazier, who he walked, and that's the thing. He started out thinking this outing, oh gosh, five-pitch walk to the leadoff hitter. Then he picked him off, didn't walk another uh, another batter at all, was really efficient. Now, you know, we see that from Darvish sometimes, where he, he's got to catch his groove early. He did not do that his first outing. was all over the place, didn't get help from C.B. Buckner. But, uh, but, yeah, Friday night, I mean, he just looked on point. He was finishing guys off 98 on the black. Uh, so with that kind of velocity and when he's trusting his stuff and, and hitting his spots, he can be an ace. And if the Cubs get that, uh, you know, if, if he ever gets to make another start this season, I, I think that, that bodes really well for them. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that – and I haven't heard enough, Dave, but I'm glad that he was smiling when he got hit in the butt and that ball ricocheted off to, to Javier Baez, who flung it over <laughs> to first. So um, I hope he's okay because we've known you Darvish to be a bit on the fragile side at times, but it, it, considering that he was smiling, considering where he got a hit, I think he was okay. So let's go from the start all the way to the finish in this one, Evan. And I know you were alive on Twitter last night, just like I was. <laughs> what do you so make negative, of Mark? Yeah, I know. What What do you make of what Kimbrel did? And really, the bigger question is, what are the consequences? Can you keep? Is that it? Is that it for Kimbrel in terms of high leverage, or you you got to just keep giving him chances? You know, it's gosh, I I, I think. There's there's a point to which, and I know David Ross has talked about, you know, knocking off the rust and making sure you give him some leash. But you know, we we saw the first outing where he walks four guys and hits another one, gets one out, and then you know, there's last night, and and that that was my favorite part is is going from oh hey he's throwing 97, this is good, oh yeah, okay, there's a home run, oh next, uh-huh. there's another home run, and even his <laughs> outs were really really loud. I think every All ball loud. batted against yep. him was over 100 miles an hour. Wow. And, I mean, when you're talking about a guy, so we heard early in the season that he was working on changeup. It's not the first time. He was actually working on one in 2015 in spring training when he was still with the Braves, right before he got traded to the Padres. Uh, he had he'd been throwing some in BP and was getting some swings and misses. He clearly doesn't trust that pitch, which is that, that should really tell you something because uh, no one else on earth trusts either his fastball or his curveball. So if he doesn't like the change, clearly something's not there. But – the fastball just doesn't have the movement. Even if it's going 97, it is straight as an arrow, and the curveball doesn't have the same bite. So, you know, a lot of people are talking about him tipping pitches and thinking that's the case. I don't believe that's the case at all. 97 is not unique in any way, shape, or form. I mean, starters, are, we just saw Darvish was throwing 98, so your closer throwing 97 is nothing. And if he's just throwing it straight, they're sitting dead red and just waiting to get a fastball, and nobody's fooled by anything he's throwing up there. I unless he can make some significant changes to kind of liven up that curveball a little bit more. And if he's being a little bit smarter with the fastball, I don't even think he knows where the fastball is going half the time right now. And uh, if he can't start fooling hitters, there's no way you could put him in there in anything even approaching a safe situation because we've seen now the Cubs have snuck out of both those games that he's pitched. But he's made it a lot more interesting than it ever should have been. 
that's not something you could do in a 60-game season. It's just, it's just not possible. You've got to put somebody else in there for the time being. No, we know where the fastball is going. It's going into the bleachers. It's just yeah. a matter of what the lead is at the time. Evan, I think you've given us a, um, I, I think you've given us, given us an idea for a new bit here. When you said 98 on the black, craft beer or garage band? Mm. <laughs> I, just, I like I know it. beers play to your strength, but 98 on the black, that could be either one. So the idea of tipping pitches, I remember Billy Koch, you, you make a great point. Billy Koch would throw 100 miles an hour, and the Sox were so happy to have him. But he threw 100 mile an hour straight, just like Kimbrell's doing, with no movement, no late movement, no movement, period. Guys are going to catch up to that, and they're going to turn on it. So we're seeing David Ross, and it was always going to be his biggest decision. Mark and I talked about that a couple weeks ago. The, the bullpen determines a manager in so many ways. So we're seeing sort of an urgent facility of the way David Ross works, can work, what he wants to do. How do you judge him so far? And I realize we have a small sample size. But how do, what do you think of the way he's done it, how he's doing it? Um, you know, it's it's been a little bit up and down, certainly. And I, and I think the, the execution of players, you know, at the end of the day, uh, like we're seeing with Kimbrell, you know, that's perhaps going to color our, our uh, visions of Ross, regardless of whether that's fair to him or not. But, you know, I, I do think in watching the games, and it's it, clearly this is all such an odd environment. And, and if you're, you know, there's thousands and thousands more people who are forced to watch at home now because we, we can't be at the ballpark. You know, whether you're a season ticket holder, um, you know, credentials aren't aren't as readily handed out as they have been. There's just not as much going on. And so it's a little more difficult. But, you know, the vibe around the team really ever since 2016 has kind of fallen off. 2015, 2016, those were the teams Ross was a member of. It seemed from the outside as if the Cubs were just having a lot of fun they were playing free and loose. And then you had sort of this more business-like approach that they decided, you know, whether consciously or not, that, that they had to act like they'd been there before. And they couldn't just be kind of these carefree kids. And and that, you know, maybe isn't back in the same sense as what we saw in 2015. But, it, you know, Javi Baez has talked about it. Anthony Rizzo's talked about it. You've seen it in the way they're, they're reacting. And it just, the, the vibe seems better. And whether that's a matter of Ross being the leader or, these guys coming coming together and sort of making those realizations on their own, the team feels different uh, just from, again, from an outsider's perspective. And I think that, to me, is what you judge them on, and they appear to be more loose. They're, the situational hitting looks better. They're making those plays that we kind of didn't really see from them as much. And so I think at this early juncture, you know, we're a week in, I would give him some really high marks for that. Um, but if they can't collectively figure out what goes on after the starter leaves the game, then it doesn't really matter how much fun they're having, and no, nobody's going to have any fun because it's not pretty. It's not nice to watch your closer go out there and walk five guys or give up two <laughs> he homers. He vouched like, it for him. Doesn't matter. David David yeah. Ross went down there and vouched for him. Oh yeah, this guy's. Oh my god, that's just Ooh. that's. I don't want that on my resume. Yeah, yeah that's for, kind of the. the uh, yeah, he get get the letter of recommendation for the new hire, and then uh, <laughs> and then he then he goes out and promptly embezzles funds. You know, and so how do you look at that point? <laughs> 
By the way, for the record, just a little sidebar record keeping here on this particular show, Evan. Uh, Steve Rosenblum has now brought up on the show today. Billy Koch and Nephi Perez have both gotten mentions in terms of examples. So I just wanted to. Well, yeah, because make... yeah, Nikki Delmonico is Renteria for Nephi Perez. That he just has to play the guy uselessly, a useless guy, and play him there the way Dusty played Nephi Perez. Works for yeah. me. That was if his guy. There's no doubt collecting about it. Collecting base, yeah, baseball oh. cards, useless <laughs> baseball cards. Uh, um, situational hitting. I love speaking of that. You brought that up, Evan. The 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 Hayward two out two run single. That's just big. It, I still get excited every time I see Hayward do something big. And I know he's gotten better since he's been with the Cubs. But when he does two out damage, that is big in my book. But the one that, <laughs> the particular situation that I loved was the, I think it was the third inning, Cubs had two on. Here's Javier Baez coming up to the plate. The big bat of Baez, he lays down a bunt, and the Pirates lose their damn minds throwing the ball all over the place. I I <laughs> love that. No, it was great. That was like a typical El Mago play, but you know what I, what I really liked about that too is it was set up by the guys at the top of the order. Chris Bryant worked a full count walk. Anthony Rizzo works a full count, got hit by his 58th pitch of the season or whatever. Well, I think he's up to, to six yeah. uh, hit by pitches. And he's he's the active leader tied with uh, Shinsu Chu, I think. 151 times he's been hit and probably most of those by the Pirates in the Clint Hurdle days. But um, when you have guys, and granted that was their second time through, but you've got those guys at the top waiting on their pitches, working those long at-bats. Now you've got two men on. You know, nobody expects it from Javi, so of course he lays down a bunt and, and gets that run to come home. And that's that's the thing with you know that starts with Bryant being that leadoff hitterish guy, being able to kind of move on the bases, take his uh, take his extra spots. And it was a great situation like that. And that's kind of going back to what I said. That's what we saw from the Cubs, 2015, 2016. They would take advantages of what they saw out there. They would push the action. They would force it on other teams, score first, put the pressure on them, and not just kind of sit back and wait for things to happen. And then that's what you want to see from these guys. You want to see them being aggressive because look at what happened right there. It caused a run. It, it got that extra base. And uh, and Javi is one of the guys that can do that. And when he's batting behind people who are smart base runners and, and taking great plate appearances, it all really works out. And that, I think, kind of helped to open the door and kind of push Trevor Williams off his game a little bit because he had looked pretty good. Through yeah. the first couple of innings, and then we then we saw you know kind of the real Trevor Williams emerge, and that that was all thanks to Javi. Forcing a team to make a play keeps your team, in this case the Cubs, on their toes, always looking for opportunities. Javi's a perfect example of that. That was really driven home at the end of 2015. Joe Madden was stressing it, praising it, looking forward to it, and it made other teams um, nervous, and it made other teams forced to execute for stuff that they weren't capable of executing. And to start a season that way, even a truncated season, even a short season, but this feels like August baseball. It is August, but this feels like after you played four months. This reminds me of 2015 with the Cubs team, as you were saying, as you were describing of it. I really like the the approach of bit better to make an out being aggressive than to stand there waiting for something to happen. I, I just think that's that makes your team better, and it's it's far more contagious in a, in a good way than a contagious in a bad way. 
Yeah, I don't know if contagious is the word uh, that we oh, want to use yeah. uh, right I'm now. I'm there. I played yeah. the contagious card. Yeah. It's, it's, really, what's yeah. it? it's, it's a very positive uh, development that they've got there. But, um, no, it, it really is. But that's what we saw. And, and certainly you can't compare these things directly. But, you know, if you look at sort of the catalyst for what happened in that, that early Joe Madden season, the 2015, it was getting no hit by Cole Hamels. Uh, you know, that was kind of the point. I think it's right there at the end of July. It was kind of, okay, cool. You know, this team has sort of reached its pinnacle. We get it. They'll regroup and come back next year. be fine. But instead, they took that and, and almost felt like they said, yeah, you know what? That's the low point, sort of like whether you look at that as a shutdown or, or all these questionable things. And they really kind of just took it upon themselves to press the action. And that's what we're seeing from this team early on is that they, I think they've had a realization, you know, whether it comes to how they need to treat the protocols, how they need to work together as a team. They don't appear to be just a collection of individuals going out there, but they're out. And we, we see that when, you know, the bottom of the lineup has, has come up big a lot of times. And guys are taking their walks. You know, they're, they're leaning into pitches and taking them like Rizzo and Bryant have several times when they need to just to get on base however they can. And it sort of has that again that same little league vibe, again where you where you can force the action and you you're not just going to take for granted that the other team will make a play, and uh, and those things you know uh, Jason Kipnis hit a triple the other day because the ball got lost in the sun, those things tend to happen when you're a team that is pressing the action and and when you are being aggressive the the little breaks tend to go your way, and uh, you know through seven games or, or a week and and some change, the Cubs are doing that where. You know, they felt a little bit more passive over the last few seasons. This is, you know, as a fan, just watching, that I think is, is kind of fun to see. In the, the category, Evan, of things I never thought I would say, I am looking forward to watching Tyler Chatwood deal against the Pirates tonight. Are you looking forward to it? And what do you think he is at least through one start, doing better than he had done in the past when we dreaded his starts, at least two years ago. Yeah, I, I am very much looking forward to it, actually. Um, it, it's Which, again, is not something that you'd really expect. But, I, you know, I think some things kind of fell into place for him. Last season coming out of the bullpen, you know, there was some realization that he lost his starting job a couple seasons ago and, uh, and was sort of in that swingman role. You know, I think, first of all, just having that confidence of, of sort of winning the spot, so to speak, um, in spite of all the weird things that are going on, you know, that gives a little confidence to him. I do think what we're seeing is a guy who, you know, whether it was his own expectation or those of the Cubs, you know, there's all this talk about his spin rate and his stuff and the movement and how, oh, well, the, the thin air in, in Colorado actually knocked some of that down. And so when he gets to Chicago, it'll all be so much better. And, uh, and I, I think everybody kind of put too much in the physical side of things. And, I, you know, uh, the, and the expectation of getting that contract, I think, maybe weighed on him mentally. And it sort of feels like he's pitching maybe with a little bit less of that burden, that he's not trying to guide things so much, that he's not trying to just unleash this stuff, so to speak. And, you know, who knows where it's going to go. I mean, it just, it just appears that he's a more confident pitcher out there. And, and while it would be nice to kind of point to all these analytical things and say what he's done mechanically, uh, and he has simplified some things with his delivery, I think that helped tremendously. But I think really the, it's, it's been even better for him to simplify things mentally. That he's just able to go out there and pitch. 
rather than really trying to make everything happen each time he goes out there. And, and he does really have excellent stuff, and especially when the velocity is playing up. He's a guy who's really fun to watch uh, as long as he's not walking batters. And, uh, you know, that could, that could change in a heartbeat. But I am excited to see how he follows up that first effort because, you know, so far the Cubs starters with a couple of hiccups have looked really, really good, and he's a big part of that. Our guest is Evan Altman. He writes a Real Cubs Insider blog. <clears throat> you need to check that out. So check this out. <clears throat> I had a <clears throat> thought that struck me when Disco Tony Rizzo, the fun-loving Cubs first baseman, gets hit on the knee yesterday. And he's still standing, just standing there. That's it. It doesn't... And you see Doug Glanville tweeting that it was impressive on his, Glanville, impressive that A. Rizzo 44 stayed standing after getting hit on the knee. I remember that happened to me in Cincy and laying face down in the batter's box. I wanted to sleep there. So that's, <laughs> that's what Glanville said. And then Rizzo would drive in, would Kimbrell proof the game with a, with a two-run RBI in the eighth. And this is a guy who beat cancer, a guy who who survived. There was severe criticism he and Starlin Castro endured from Mike Quaddy, that Mike Quaddy was only the manager of the two young guys who were supposed to be part of the core and not the veterans who ran crazy. And, and then he became a ca- captain of the team. He became the guy, but, but he's a fun-loving guy. He was in the middle of merriment and hijinks, but I I want to give the guy credit for being every bit as tough as Bob Gibson and Frank Robinson looked. They always had this look on their face. They were mean, there was anger, there was ferocity, but so many parts of Anthony Rizzo's game and life tell you he's every bit that tough, but he's managed to balance it. He's certainly a terrific humanitarian. And I guess it shouldn't take a hit on the knee to clarify that, but it did seem to synthesize yesterday. Maybe you've known it, Evan, but this is a pretty remarkable human being we see on and off the field. Yeah, he really is. I mean, but, uh, you know, I think what really brought him to that sort of captainship or, or captaincy, whatever the, uh, the the proper term is, there was, you know, when he basically challenged the entire Reds dugout to a yeah. fight when he got upset, uh, and that, that was when the Cubs weren't even really good yet, right? And uh, <laughs> but but you you know as you said too, so here's a guy who you know his his back was holding him out of games, and this is it's always kind of funny because this happens every year, literally for the past several that you know he's got some back issues, and everybody throws their hands up and worry, and then you know he comes back his first exhibition at bat, hits a home run, and and he's continued to do so. I mean, this is a guy who's clearly been forced to play through some of that stuff, and anybody who's dealt with back issues, particularly if they're chronic, can tell you that that's, I mean, that alone, if you know a guy's able to go out there and produce the way he has as consistently as he has for as long as he has, that should tell you something. But, yeah, when he, when he took that shot, I think it was a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, and it was right there on the inside of his back knee, his left knee. And so there's, there's, no, there's no protection there. You know, he's not wearing a knee pad. doesn't have a brace on it. That's right on the bone. Um, that, that just... That, among other things that you see, like Darvish getting hit on the backside with the ball. Uh, you know, that, uh, we can all kind of relate to that. Get hit on the ball with the ball, not fun. Um, but, but, yeah, for him to continue through that and for him to be very vocal 
whether it be with social media, you know, during the during the rainout uh, with the Reds, he's tweeting at Major League Baseball to say, mm-hmm. hey, I don't know what the protocols call for us to be all in the clubhouse together for eight hours at a time. So you're like, maybe you should bang this game early and let's move on for the sake of safety. So I think he's someone who's using that platform, not just within his team, but I think to try to affect change on a bigger scale. And uh, and that, that speaks volumes for him. You know, and, and then, again, to go out and to continue to perform and to be outspoken about what the Cubs are trying to do as far as the protocols, especially at a time when we're seeing maybe some other teams being a little bit more lax about it. He's not just a leader in Chicago or on the north side. That's expanding beyond it. And I think that's really been cool to see, like I said, how he's able to balance all that. And then at the same time, you know, he's still that smiling guy. He's still showing up and, and trying to help out with frontline workers, with kids in hospitals. Uh, he's, he's a hard guy not to love. You know, all that said, man, and it just it made me want to take a slightly different direction with Rizzo because he laid it out really well. Do you think he's a Cub for life? Do you think they should give him big the big money extension? I mean, we know he's 30, but we also know that guys can – we've seen it with Encarnacion and some of these other guys. They can slug late into their careers. Do you, th- do you think he's going to be a Cub for life or should be? Um, could and should are, are definitely – I think there's um... – you know, especially if we if we take either of those and you know uh, make them into cents and, and dollars signs, I think uh, those would be the the mitigating factors there. I think you know you're looking at a, a whole slew of guys who, if you know you let the fans vote, obviously you'd rather keep all those guys: Rizzo, Bryant, Javi Baez, Contreras, Schwarber. I mean, they're all up within the next couple of years, and that's that's a lot of money. Um, you know, I, I do think, though, when you when you look at him, and certainly we, we talked about the things already that bias brings to the table, but um, in in looking at Rizzo as sort of this community figure and as a guy who, who really is sort of that team captain, I wonder, and I, I probably lean more toward the side of being, I, I believe in the idea of, of chemistry and, and leadership perhaps more than uh, some folks who might be, you know, solely analytically minded. But I kind of uh-huh. wonder if Rizzo is one of those guys who's, who the you know the, the synergy and the sum of the parts and all that sort of thing? I think you take him off this team, you're actually going to lose a lot more right. than just what shows up in the box score. So I think the Cubs are well. Smart. His box score is pretty damn good. His, his box score is pretty damn <laughs> yeah. good too. Still, right. you know what I mean? Like and, and the, guy, the guy that's can a still big loss. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to sell him short. There, uh, he's a tremendous. I mean, All Star, Gold, Platinum, Glover, but he brings so much more. Yeah, should they extend him? Absolutely, but I could say that about five other guys, and I right. think we've seen the way that they've operated lately is maybe not that uh, that they're willing to spend that money quite yet. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how that changes maybe after this season or if the Mookie Betts thing impacts any of that. Hmm. But yeah, he, he should he should stick around for many more years. Okay, so let me clarify something. Evan Altman, our guest, he writes the CubsInsider.com blog. You can get it at CubsInsider.com. His Twitter handle is Real Cubs Insider. Evan, thank you for joining us, and I apologize for mixing them up, but I'm just a doddering old man whose neurotransmitters have turned into meringue at times. So um, please accept my apology. Mm, we look forward to having that, meringue. Yeah, we look forward to not having a problem. you back. Hey, I'm, I'm glad as long as there, as long as those stiff white peaks will hold firm for a little while right. longer, you're good to go with that meringue. There we go. Thank you, Evan Altman. All right, take care, guys. CubsInsider.com is his blog. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. We'll do What Are You Doing, Wagner? We have an update on sports gossip. 
as requested by Julie Swika. So oh, I really think we're when we're doing all request radio, when we're doing sports gossip, we've we've reached these the zenith of Saturday suckage. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thank you for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The Don. Watch out. Oh, oh what are you doing? He threw him out of the ballgame. you got to be vaping me. What in the hell are you doing? What are you doing, Wagner? You gotta be kidding me! That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. I'll tell you what. They have got to start making guys be accountable. That is totally absurd. That just tells you he has blue. Here's an umpire in the American League knows nothing about the game of baseball. That's unbelievable. We have always had problems with this guy right here. segment that is sweeping the nation what are you doing Wegner and what we're doing we're doing it right now here on the score Steve Rosenblum Mark Grody Saturday second what are you doing we're doing we're taking a look at what people are doing during the pandemic just seems odd out of place just interesting stuff so one thing they were doing Julie Swika score alum is puttering around her kitchen listening to us baking no doubt actually baking you know mark we talked about it and her baking is just so underplays that she makes art having seen pictures of that she makes art food art but she's big into gossip she's big into sports gossip so her question was what do we know about vanessa morgan and Michael Kopech. Kind of a weird story. Not much right. reported on it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I go right to my go right to my gossip expert, my diva. My yes. daughter works for E Channel. I said, So what do you guys have on this this week? So the diva texted back, he filed for divorce, but he's definitely the father of the baby. We don't know why they're splitting, though. But it got weird and suspicious when she posted her pregnancy announcement and said, quote, my baby, and didn't mention him at all. Docs are sealed. 
but apparently it was filed in his hometown in Texas and his dad is his lawyer. So, whatever that means to you, Julie Swika, there's your update from the diva on the Vanessa Morgan, Michael Kopeck. <clears throat> That's what they're doing. They're doing their divorce dance and she's pregnant and he's, he's the father. Man, so, yeah. I wonder if it was uh, Ben Zobrist who kind of set the precedent or a new precedent in terms of how at least baseball players deal with having to go through divorce and making themselves present because if they're not present, then they lose things like custody and and lose ground in court. So it's it's interesting that we've seen this now from a couple, obviously completely different circumstances for both, yeah. and I do wish them both well. But I think it's good that you know you have fathers, husbands being responsible in that regard and saying, yep, I'm stepping away from my job and I am present, I am here because I want to be. Well, you've, you've seen more, more um, a willingness and even contractual terms to, to cater to paternity leave. Whereas before, a guy got made fun of for, for being wanting to be with his wife while she was giving birth. And he was around the NFL, he was, he was pilloried. Because, you know, in the NFL, they're real tough. They're football players. They're football coaches. It's football. Football all the time. Everything's football, football, football. That's all they know is football. They're not... They still don't want to act like human beings a lot of time. But but you're right. That is a, a central part of it. And teams are teams are now... teams. Fortunately, teams have understood that. Um, now we have another piece of sports gossip, Mark. But I will put this the ultimate question to you at the end of this. Okay. Um, I promised Julie this... NFL gossip. We have another breakup to discuss. Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick. They've broken up. I didn't know they were still together. They were together until recently. They broke up. They did the usual thing where you have to issue statements or your people <laughs> issue statements. Uh-huh. So, do you think the um, Illinois race car driver is accepted back into Bears Nation now? after her dalliance with the Packers quarterback. I think she owes us an explanation. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> oh, he... You have to tell us everything about your private life if you want to be a Bears fan. Yeah, Here, here's all she has to do is just take it, even if it's through a publicist, or maybe the diva can make this happen, just take a couple of, take a couple of shots at Aaron Rodgers. Just a couple little digs, and then you're totally welcome back. Okay. All right. So, as usual on our What Are You Doing, Wegner, I want to check in with the Let Me Put Together a List podcast. And I just love the the modern way that your top ten list became like the big, the big ten has 14 teams, so your top ten list now has 12 spots on it. <laughs> why, don't, why, why don't you share with it? And one of them doesn't even belong. One of them is like the Rutgers of this list. How is Panera a fast food place? There's nothing fast about it. I don't know. That's a that's a good point. And I was on with Lawrence Holmes, and he asked the exact same question. And I oh, 
for whatever it's worth, when we do the list, the top 12 list, and that was my podcast partner, Brian Mitchell's idea, because, you know, we want to be unique in our list making, you know, since it's such a unique concept to be building a list, we want to at least make sure we're doing different numbers than 10. So we did 12. And so we have, we actually have a computer algorithm that kind of spits out the 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 ones from which we choose so when it does that and something like panera comes out as a fast food we just roll with it and then if we want to replace it in our individual list we can't but i will just say this that was my number 12 i got to i got to select first and i was like all right let's get panera off this damn board because it's you're right it's not because yeah there's many re- like panera's good it's very good it's just not what you think of when you think of fast food so yeah that's the that is the one that is up and running right now. Let me put a list together. I know I know the the easiest place to find the link right now. Just go to my Instagram page and Mark Rody, and you can um, find the link for that. And I appreciate you listening to it. Doesn't cost you anything. Very simple to listen to wherever you find your podcast. So that's up and running right now. Top twelve fast foods, and there's controversy surrounding two restaurants. I'll just say this: McDonald's and Chick-fil-A. So give that a listen. The one we're going to build next week is going to be a blast, man, because as you know, Stevie Sunshine, because I know you're a music guy, virtual Lollapalooza is happening right now. So in honor of that, we are going to build a list of, of, I don't know how many, we'll see, maybe 11, our favorite 11 Lollapalooza bands from the 90s. So we're going to make it to 11. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, there you go. To it, to eleven. So that that is the list we are going to build. That'll be up and running on Tuesday. Lala Palooza. And if I can give one recommendation to Chris Cornell, who who died. God, I don't remember when now exactly. I always mess Three years things ago. up. Three years ago. Um, the lead singer of Soundgarden, as people probably know, his daughter is a singer as well. And she just crushed, um, you can see it online, a cover of Pearl Jam's Black. It is just awesome. So I would direct you to that. And I can't, I can't think of her name right off. That she is, she does, she is a Cornell. I just don't know what her first name is. Maybe, maybe the Trash Panda knows. But I would suggest that you, you look that up. Uh, Cornell's daughter doing Black by Pearl Jam is so awesome. Okay. All right. Her name's Tony, I, by the I, way. I, Tony. Tony. Okay. Tony. Tony. Tony Cornell. Okay. Tony Cornell. She can sing. She's got some daddy o chops for sure. Okay. The um, I I wanted it to be like what we were talking to Evan Altman last um, craft beer or band or garage band ninety eight on the black. I just think that's what you should do with your Lala list. But you're you're doing Lala <laughs> Lala bands. From the 90s. Yes. Uh, Grody, Grody, I expect Rage Against the Machine to be rather high in that list. If it's oh, not, then we're going to have some issues. Oh, yeah, dude. It's going to be hard because, yeah, of course, Rage has got to be up there. Obviously, Pearl Jam, I've seen them multiple times. Lollapalooza, Soundgarden. I'll tell you one of the... One of the pop-up bands that I saw, like it was not, it was not a big stage band when I saw them. But one of my favorite Lollapalooza moments of all time, it was, it was circa Chicago, like the the present version of it, the one that is normally in Grant Park. I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago, ten years ago, Cypress Hill doing like a small show, like in just one of the pop-up tents, and it was just unbelievable. And I know Cypress Hill is big. It's not like they're a small band, but it was just like one of the cooler moments of, of any Lollapalooza I've been to. Okay, will there be 10 or 17 or 5? 
What, what, you know, what, now that we're talking about it, Lisco. I mean, now that we're talking about it, I don't know. Like somebody just put up Jane's addiction. Yeah, I mean, of course, Jane's addiction. Even like hell, like the I, I used to go to Lollapalooza when it was a traveling circus, when it wasn't just in one place. And I remember seeing the like when nobody knew. Well, people knew who Pearl Jam was, but they certainly were not the big act. But they that's when they first caught my eye. I'm like, what is this? This I like that. So it's uh, it's gonna be tough. Tool somebody puts up there, hell yeah. There's a lot of bands. So twenty, the top thirty Lollapalooza bands of the '90s will be our list on Tuesday. Thirty. Okay, I, I don't know how you guys I got past number one. There was the 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 fast food thing. There is yeah. no more perfect meal than a McDonald's triple cheeseburger and McDonald's fries. And McDonald's real Coke, because nobody does Coca-Cola better than McDonald's. Yeah. And only better Coca-Cola, because they ice the lines, they ice the ice, they ice everything. It's the perfect Coca-Cola. The only thing better is the bottled Coke with real sugar instead of the high fructose corn syrup. McDonald's fries are the best. McDonald's triple cheeseburger is the bomb diggity. I don't know how you got past number one. Everything else is is just, I guess, because you had to fill out eleven other spots. Well, I'll just me. I'll, I'll just give it away. I'll give it away. I my number one is McDonald's. Absolutely. Like I think people like, yeah, I think people overthink it sometimes when they're like, oh, McDonald's. It's because it's just so present. Right, right. But it's it's don't over. Sometimes it's okay to go with the popular band. You know what I'm saying? Like go with the popular song. Go with the it. McDonald's, there's no other answer. I gotta, uh, I, gotta, I gotta tell you guys, I hate McDonald's. Right. It's, I, I think it's the worst. I can't stand it. I also worked there for a brief period in college, so I'm a little biased. Can't stand it. Don't like it at all. I never go what's there. Your, what's your go-to then? What do you? What, what's oh, your Wendy's. top two or? Th- Wendy's. Okay. Wendy's was Wendy's. actually number one on our collective draft list. That yeah. ended up being number one. Wendy's, T-Bell, Taco Bell is also extremely high on my list those are really the only two to me i don't really recognize any other fast food restaurants outside of like like of the big big like national chain ones you know Did you just call it t-bell yeah it's well that's what i when i text people that's usually what i say just because i'm a millennial and we have to keep everything oh as short God, as possible dude. so taco bell whatever Jesus christ that's like you having your shirt off in your facebook but that's that that is what that is <laughs> Yo, bro, you want to go get some T-Bell? Yo, let me take this. Let me take this burdensome shirt off first, bro, yeah. so I can flex let's go a little to bro bit. Bell. Yeah. I was just talking to someone LA, about though? Taco Bell last night. I'm sorry, I I had to, I put T-Bell in the Snapchat. Yeah, because taco is like that's exhausting to say the, right. the one yeah, syllable or actually two syllable uh, word. And you're gonna order a chestalada, aren't you? So the if this were LA, we would be doing In-N-Out Burger, and then there, nothing would be number two. So that's the way that works. It's just a matter of geography. Yeah, the, um, yeah. We don't want to the, make it too, uh, you know. Of course, those are all honorable mentions for sure. The Phillies Yankees game scheduled for Monday has been postponed. I just wanted to pass that along. Lorenzo Kane has opted out for the Brewers, updating the baseball stuff. And at last report, six Cardinals staff members, three players. I'm sorry, six Cardinals personnel, three players, three staff members have tested positive. And the Cardinals are scheduled to play a doubleheader tomorrow, but nobody knows if that's on. Nobody knows much of anything. Here's a text from Josh Lindblom, a pitcher for the Brewers, who is responding to Ken Rosenthal, who tweeted out, source confirms Brewers-Cardinals postponed 
as John Heyman said. So Josh Lindblom, the Brewers pitcher, retweeted it with this comment. Hey, Ken, can you check with your sources and see if we have a workout today and oh what God. time stretch will be? Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, oh, that that's wonderful. That's amazing. All right, our guy, our guy Rex Chapman tweeted this in What Are You Doing, Wagner? He retweeted a sign was spotted in London. It's, you know, they're one of those, um, like, a, um, chalkboards, two-sided chalkboards standing out in front of a, of a restaurant. And the sign says, all Americans must be accompanied by an adult. Boom. Got all of that one. Got all of that one. Yeah. So, Hockey Night, at Hockey Night is a, a Twitter site um, that, that you should follow. It's got a great sense of humor. And we spoke a while, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when the new Seattle team displayed it, revealed its name and some of its logoing and images, the Seattle Kraken, the newest NHL uh, team. Yeah. And he suggested this Hockey Night Twitter uh, feed suggested they should have gone with the Seattle Karen we're coming to speak to your manager. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to take scary. a break. We have more stuff from What Are You Doing, Wagner, when we come back. It's Rosenblum and Grody. It's Saturday Suckage. Top of the hour, we'll talk with talk some bears with J.J. Stankovitz. And also next hour, we'll talk with Jay Zawoski, scores hockey expert. The Hawks are going to begin their five-game series against the Oilers today. Game the one. Hawks. The Hawks, Hard Hawk Hockey, and we'll talk to Jay about those Hawks, their chances, and everything else. Saturday Suckage, thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Wagner has no clue. Uh-huh. What are you doing, Wagner? Rosenblum and Grody, Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. We're just not good enough to make suck so baseball doesn't have to. So we'll keep on top of whatever there needs to be updated. Cubs are playing, Sox are playing. So we'll see how long they get to play. Um, Mark, um, Jason Carter is Senator Carter from Georgia. He tweeted, my grandfather is 95. He's been president... Now, he's talking about Jimmy Carter, and there's a picture of 95-year-old former President Jimmy Carter sitting next to Senator Carter, and they're at a ball game. He tweets, my father's night, my grandfather's 95. He's been president and still has a Ronald Acuna Jr. action figure on his desk. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I, I love, love about Jimmy Carter? I, I really love about Jimmy Carter is that he keeps What's on that? being alive. He keeps on being alive. Keeps like on I, being I, alive. You know what I mean? Like, I keep uh-huh. forget. Like, it's horrible, but sometimes I forget that he's alive. And I'm like, no, oh, that's great. That's all. Like, I. it's always sad when we lose presidents as we lost two as the most recent with George Bush Sr., right? And uh, mm-hmm. it's like, well, Jimmy Carter is still alive. So I like that he's always alive. The, um, before we break for this, uh, and we get to J.J. Stankovitz and talk some bears, uh, Amy Trask is the former CEO of Al Davis's Raiders. 
She's the author of the book, You Negotiate Like a Girl, and she's on CBS. And she had recently sent out a note to former Notre Damer and former Raider Tim Brown, the Hall of Fame receiver. And she tweeted out this, I once said to Al, meaning Al Davis, that we trade, we drafted Tim Brown in the first draft after I joined the team full-time. So it's like we were in the same draft class. Al's reply, Tim was a first-round pick. You were a street-free agent. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, get that tough rask. or get out. That's the way. And she was good. She was good. She was tough. She's, she's that one. Yeah, and married to, uh, to, married to Tuka Rask, right? Amy Trask is married to Tuka Rask? I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that went and way over, Steve. I, I just brought the show to a halt. Way That's over on me. Head. No, it wasn't wow. even over his head. It was just kind of confounding and confusing what I just said. It, I, I am sorry. I was picking was. up what yeah. you were throwing down. Yeah, yeah, it was just weird. That that was unnecessary. I'm, I should have just Amy shut up. Amy Trask Rask. Yeah, yeah that would have yeah. been where it got. And, and Tuka Rask looks like um, Joni from Happy Days, yeah. so, which is a whole bad thing. <laughs> Very All right, let's take a break. When we come back, something that um, Mark and I can mutually understand, and that would be Bears football, although I'm not sure I understand what Matt Nagy is doing and saying and how this is going to happen, but we're going to talk about that. Saturday Suckage. Thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.